Welcome to Solutions OP Clinical Trials Podcast. My name is Olga and I'm the Managing Director of Solutions OP. We are a small team of experienced professionals working on clinical trials in the United Kingdom. I'll use our podcast to discuss hot topics in clinical trials and provide analysis of the latest trends and challenges in pharma and medical device industries, not just in the UK, but globally. Thank you for listening. In today's episode, we will discuss uh, what are the benefits and challenges of uh, real-world data. Real-world data is a very hot topic among regulatory agencies at the moment. Um, They're looking to see more data when they're approving uh, drugs and medical devices. Uh, So today we'll just discuss some of the the challenges and uh, benefits of of using uh, real-world data. Uh, But let's start first with uh, what are the differences between clinical trial data and real-world data. So in clinical trials, the data is very controlled and consistent and has a high scientific value. Uh, But it's a small set of data and it doesn't always capture long-term safety data. So, for example, even if you have one drug which is studied for five or ten years, this is still not sufficient in a long-term use. If you, you know, patients have to use it for years and years and years, for example, you need to have a lot more safety data uh, for for this particular drug, for example. So, um, in real-world data... Uh, and then it's uh, usually data which is collected from electronic medical records or registries or commercially available medical devices or mobile apps. It could be uh, consumers' complaints and, and so on. So it's uh, a lot of data which is um, uh, something collecting, uh, as we call it, real world. Uh, so w- what about uh, the real-world data? Uh, what are the, the complications here? So it's a low-quality data with a lot of options for bias. Um, and um, generally, um, uh, the results uh, cannot be reproduced, uh, which is a, a really big challenge. Uh, challenge. Uh, uh, however, the real-world data uh, provides opportunity to establish how a device or medication works in a larger patient population. It also allows to collect data about medical device defects, misuse or off-label use. So while it's a a, a lower quality data, um, real-world data could be actually uh, beneficial when it's uh, provided as addition to clinical trial data. Uh, and I think this is why the regulatory agencies are uh, so keen to, to see more real-world data. Uh, and uh, in this, uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, part, we'll discuss uh, uh, why <laughs> they're so keen to see real-world uh, uh, data. So according to a systemic review of uh, FDA approvals, of new drug approvals um, uh, from January 2019 through June 2021 uh, include real-world evidence. Um, uh, uh, There is also an interest from the regulatory agencies around the world uh, uh, to request real-world evidence as part of approval 
or post-marketing surveillance of uh, medical devices or new drugs. Uh, I even have a, a bit of experience in the past. We had a clinical trial um, where we used a commercially available test for uh, glucose, glucose monitoring. Uh, it's uh, it's really interesting the the use of combination of both. Uh, it could provide you really a, a massive amount of data, uh, but there are a lot of challenges uh, in terms of analysis and you know just identifying what is really clinically significant and, and relevant for the patients. Uh, so there are there are a lot of challenges. But again, uh, all the agencies are very keen uh, to see the, the real-world data. So what are the, the benefits of, of the real-world evidence? Uh, they allow to collect additional safety, efficacy and performance data for medical devices and, and drugs. Uh, so obviously this is the, <laughs> the, the big thing. Uh, but they also provide uh, evidence to expand indication of use. and. Um, it's very often used, especially in um, countries and regions where there is a public health care. Uh, there are treatment guidelines, of course. Uh, there are drugs which are approved, but very often hospitals and different um, university, even organizations, they run their own clinical trials to show if a specific drug could be used for a different indication. Uh, and... Um, Often these are observational clinical trials or, you know, any other type of uh, real-world evidence uh, uh, studies uh, where they collect data and if they have sufficient data, they could actually change uh, their own treatment guidelines on a country level. So I think um, this is why, this is another reason why the, uh, the regulatory agencies are so keen uh, to have this data because it could provide opportunities to explore, you know, if the currently available treatments could actually be used for, for different indications on a local level. Um, another benefit is that um, um, the collection of data uh, in traditional clinical trials is uh, uh, sometimes impractical or unethical. Uh, and uh, in this case, uh, you can use the real-world evidence uh, as an alternative. So, for example, if if it's not un, uh, not possible to have a placebo-controlled clinical trial, you might have an observational study or a natural history study where you will collect information about the current standard of care treatment uh, for this medical indication and you can use then that data to compare to you know the, the data that you have from your uh, device or from your drug trial that you've conducted. Uh, so that's uh, uh, about the benefits uh, and I think there is a uh, there is a potential in the real world data uh, but there are also <laughs> risks uh, in in the real world uh, data and we'll talk a little bit about them too so the, the one of the biggest uh, risks uh, is that it's a low quality and it's inconsistent data uh, and this is simply because uh, how you collect that data. 
Uh, it could be from different sources. Sometimes these sources might not be necessarily up to date or, you know, they might not contain all the information that you need. And and this is something that everyone is aware that this is the, the situation uh, with the real world uh, data. Um, another uh, big risk is the data review bias. Uh, so that's basically... You know, different people have different way of, of managing disease. So if you think about different hospitals or different physicians, even if you have a standard of treatment guidelines, they might still manage the, their patients in a different way. Uh, and, uh, you know, based on that, you can have different results for, for these patients. So, for example, someone could manage some patients better than others, and it could be the other way around in another hospital or, or with another physician. Uh, so that, uh, that inevitably uh, will bring some bias into, into your data. Another thing that we need to, to consider is that the data sources uh, may be biased as well. For example, um, sometimes um, we use registries. Uh, so the registries are basically a database with patients who have expressed interest to, to participate in clinical trials. So that registry uh, might not be up to date. So you might not have the, the whole you know, medical history for these patients. Or you may have patients, for example, um, who are not necessarily from uh, a, a poor background. You might have more educated patients uh, in, in this uh, registry who have more experience in participating in clinical trials. And uh, if you go after such registry, you automatically exclude a lot of patients you know, who don't have experience with clinical trials, who might be from a poorer background, you know. So it creates a lot of, of bias and a lot of complexity when you analyze that kind of data. Uh, and uh, the, the last uh, maybe uh, major point uh, in terms of risks is that the data cannot be reproduced. Uh, it's difficult, <laughs> it's challenging, even in, in the highly controlled clinical trials. Um, Sometimes uh, you see uh, confirmatory studies that actually don't don't confirm <laughs> what they're supposed to confirm. Uh, so it's really uh, challenging, um, not just for clinical trials, but for real uh, real world uh, data. It's even more challenging uh, to to have a reproducible data. And yet. Uh, there are some steps that we can uh, we can take to improve the quality of the real world data. So many uh, uh, regulatory agencies they have their own guidelines uh, on real world data, and they also have uh, recommendations. Some countries they have scientific advice uh, that you can submit and um, discuss your study while you're still in, in designing it. For example, this is the case in the UK and also in the FDA in, in the United States. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a really good option, uh, especially if you're planning to, to collect a lot of data and uh, to, to use that data to support uh, marketing authorization uh, or approval of your device. 
it is really a good idea to go through a scientific advice and uh, and see what they can recommend you and how they can help you to to build a a really good uh, study, uh, a reliable one that at the end of the day, you know, when you have the data and you go to the agencies, they'll be happy with it. Uh, because this, this is very important, uh, of course, an uh, important part. So what are the main points um, that we can consider uh, in improving the, the design of the, uh, and the quality of the real world uh, data? Uh, so first we have to consider how participants will be recruited and if the database used meets the requirements for size, uh, coverage and representation. So, of course, you want uh, to have um, different people considered, uh, not just uh, specific ones. As I said, with the registry, sometimes this is uh, an issue. Uh, so this is the important part to, to think how you're going to identify your participants for the study. Another uh, important part is um, how up-to-date is the database that you'll be uh, using uh, for, for the study to, to collect data. Um, and uh, the issue is, for example, in the UK, the hospital databases, they're not collect, uh, connected, which means if you are working with GPs, GPs will have some information. But if a patient is admitted in a local hospital somewhere, the GP may may not have access to this information or they they may not have the most up-to-date information from the local hospital. So uh, this is something that you need to think about uh, when you're designing uh, uh, your study, how uh, up-to-date will be the data and what you can use. Ideally, if you can use different sources, um, uh, this is, of course, the, the best option. Uh, and of course, would the database contain sufficient details, uh, uh, you know, for, for the purpose of, of your study? Uh, so this is why, uh, as I said, I think using different sources is always a better option than just going for, for one source. Uh, another thing that we need to mention is, um, um, how the changes uh, in the data collections uh, w will be handled. Uh, so, for example, you have a patient that is seen in one hospital, but the patient decides to move a house and they go into another city or town or village. So what happens with the date? How are you going to make sure you have this data collected? Uh, you, you make sure you have consistency, you have the most up-to-date information. So these are things that you need to think and, and plan when you're, uh, when you're designing your study. Um, another important point is um, how you will assure that the data collected from different centers and regions uh, of the world is consistent and comparable. Uh, and here I'll give a, a, a very good example. For example, Patients in Asia have different lab ranges than patients in Europe. So if you have to compare data from patients in Asia and patients in Europe, you likely have different lab ranges and um, the way they assess uh, adverse events uh, in Asia could be different than, from the way uh, 
uh, they are assessed in Europe. Uh, for example, what I've observed uh, in my practice is that the hospitals in Asia, they tend to um, report grade one adverse events, while in the UK, for example, they will unlikely report grade one events. They will more likely report grade two and three and so on, but they will not really go into grade one events. They will consider them more like clinically not significant. So that kind of things, you need to think how you make it consistent, how you make sure the data that you have is, is comparable between the different regions. Um, um, and another thing that it needs to be considered is uh, what additional resources could be used in terms of data and if they've been validated previously. So that that's a very important uh, uh, part uh, again. Um, if you're using a registry, is that registry being used in research in the past? Um, have they produced some reliable data uh, and, you know, how up to date is this registry as well? Because, uh, of course, it might be not very up to date. Sometimes people express interest and then, you know, when you approach them, they might not be uh, uh, interested or the information might not be up to date. So um, that's something that you need to, of course, consider. And um, uh, another big thing is, of course, the data protection. Uh, in Europe, uh, we have quite a, a strict data protection law. So uh, data protection is, an, is another thing uh, when you're collecting data, even for observational study. Um, you need to to assure that patients' data, you're collecting only the data which is necessary for the research and uh, no additional data uh, uh, is collected. So this is uh, another uh, very important, uh, important part. Uh, so what I can say in, in conclusion about real-world data, uh, yes, there are big challenges with it. Uh, it's not easy uh, to design such study and to, to produce uh, uh, good, reliable data, uh, but it could be a really beneficial addition to uh, clinical trial data, uh, which is, um, it's, it's known to be limited in terms of patients, amount of patients treated, and also in terms of, you know, exposure to, to the drug or device. Um, so I think there is definitely uh, a benefit of using real world uh, data, but of course, uh, there are lots of challenges and uh, when regulatory agencies are reviewing the data, they need to consider these challenges as well. Uh, and I, I think they're all um, very much up to date <laughs> and understand the, the challenges of, of collecting such data. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that was uh, interesting uh, and uh, um, I'll be preparing a next episode for you. Goodbye.